Hey everyone, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. My name is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister here at our church, and you have stumbled upon a new series. We are talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and let me encourage you to go, if you haven't already, go listen to the first class. There'll be some overlap, but it's really setting up a, a good baseline for this study, uh, really with Churches of Christ, that we're going to explore a little bit of um, why we have come to think the way we have about the Holy Spirit and why I think some of that is misdirected. Of course, nobody agrees with everybody, do they? <laughs> so anyway, we're glad that you're uh, on board with us for this study. I think it's going to be fantastic. And uh, just come see us anytime. Uh, if we can help you in any way, let us know. Thanks for listening. Before we get started, I want to recognize a few people. Uh, we have just finished up our small group year. So if you were a leader of one of those small groups, would you stand right now? We have no leaders in here. <laughs> Can we thank these people for opening their home? Thank you all. Thank you so much. They, uh, they opened their homes, they gave their times, and, and quite frankly, some Wednesday nights, they just hoped that you would show up. <laughs> Some of you guys are like uh, trying to catch the wind. So uh, we're so thankful for, for people who, who give of their time and um, uh, like this, to open their homes. So uh, we've, got a, uh, uh, we've got a little dinner tonight at my house. That was part of my to-do list for this week is uh, to smoke some ribs and chicken. And so we're going to honor them tonight at my house. Y'all don't all show up. I, I don't, don't, don't want to be confusing on that. It's just for the leaders. But... Uh, but uh, we, are, we are thankful for all those who, who have uh, gifted their time. Uh, I just want to, well, thank you for showing up today. So we've got so many here, and um, I'm just glad that you're here and you want to hear about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think this is going to be a great study. And uh, uh, this morning we, we started a class with kind of a, an overview and also some kind of backstory, some that we're going to repeat here in the sermon uh, so that we all kind of have the, sound, the same foundation as we talk about the Holy Spirit. Because I think for us, a lot of us, uh, how many of you were raised in churches of Christ? Okay, the majority, okay? Uh, this will help be helpful for you and also helpful for people who were not, uh, I believe. Because I think a lot of times we have different views of the Holy Spirit. If you're raised differently than churches of Christ, you, you probably do. Um, uh, and so that's why I asked that question this morning. But for a lot of us, we probably have this idea. Some of you, when you hear the Holy Spirit, you think, oh, comforter, and that's my help, and all of these things. And, and for some of you, we say Holy Spirit, and you're thinking about people running up and down aisles and, and speaking in tongues and stuff, right? And so sometimes the Holy Spirit can be comforting, and sometimes mentioning the Holy Spirit can kind of be, what do I do with that? And I think for a lot of us, that's been our experience. God the Father, we love and, and thank you for being our Father. Jesus, thank you for sacrificing uh, yourself on the cross for all of us. Holy Spirit, next verse. Not sure what to do with that, right? For a lot of us, that, that has been the case. And so uh, this study, uh, what we're planning to do is just kind of go through the text of Scripture and talk about all the things the Holy Spirit is, is said to be doing within Scripture. Uh, but what we need to start with this morning is kind of a, a, a baseline of how in churches of Christ, 
uh, we have been influenced. And you may not know this, but we all come with biases when we study Scripture. We're all influenced in some way. You're influenced by your parents. Uh, when we're talking about church, you can be influenced by your parents, your Bible teacher, your favorite preacher that you remember from long ago and what he said. And we all bring that with us when we study Scripture, don't we? And, and so that's, that's kind of where we're influenced, whether we know it or not. Kind of like the, uh, uh, the story of the, the granddaughter who was, was cooking the, the favorite family dish. You know, you prepare it and then you cut the end off every time. Then finally one day she said, wait, why aren't we cutting the end off? She called grandma and said, hey, you know, I'm cooking this. It's always great, but why are we cutting the end off of it? She said, I don't know why you are, but my pan wasn't long enough. <laughs> so we were influenced without asking the question. We don't know why we're doing what we're doing, right? And so that's the thought behind today uh, as we begin before we get into the, uh, the main lesson. But I want to remind you that every week, so today we'll have a lesson about the Holy Spirit in creation. And next week for Bible class, we're going to go back over this and we're going to ask questions. That's going to be our time to deep dive and bring your questions. I'll, I'll have some prepared. But what I want is, is your questions and how you want to dive into all of these things. So uh, to, to make this the best it can be, show up. Show up and let's study the Bible together. So this morning we begin with a couple of names that you may or may not know. Uh, Robert Richardson and Tolbert Fanning. Both of these men are influential when we talk about the Holy Spirit in churches of Christ. Um, both of these men knew and were very good friends with uh, Campbell. Okay, so you had, you had Campbell and Stone who really started our movement that's known as the Restoration Movement. Uh, this idea that uh, things have gotten a little weird, and, and maybe we need to, to relook at this and go, go back to Scripture. That was the intent. That's what they tried to do. And so that became our movement. Both of, both of uh, uh, Campbell and Stone were Scotch-Irish, and they came out of the Presbyterian uh, church. Uh, but they really started all of this, and, and this, uh, this group, Tolbert Fanning and Robert Richardson, they began kind of a back and forth in the mid-1800s, about 1856. And what you did in, in this time uh, to kind of influence people and to kind of work out all of these things was to have debates. And some of these things happened in person. Some of these things happened via uh, papers, newsletters, all these things. Uh, Campbell had the Millennial Harbinger, which Richardson wrote for. Uh, Fanning created a couple of different ones, in, including the Gospel Advocate. And, and so... Basically, at this time, we had been working to restore what we thought. We were going back to the Bible and fixing things. But as Robert Richardson looked around, he said, you know what? We've done a really good job of saying we need to do these things in these ways and have the form right. He said, but what I don't see is the Spirit. He said, we've created this thing and we've, we, we've made sure we've gotten all the dimensions correct but we've forgotten who we were building it for and really the why. And so his question and is really concern is, what have we done with the Holy Spirit? Fanning, on the other hand, looked, looked at Richardson and said, you're just trying to bring in like mysticism and philosophy into this. You're not going to scripture. You've got a philosophy behind this, which is ironic because Richardson then looked at Fanning and said, you are following word for word the philosophy of John Locke. 
Lockean philosophy is this. This is John Locke. He was uh, kind of an Enlightenment British thinker uh, and Christian, by the way. Uh, but he says, our senses are the source of knowledge. So I need to be able to see, hear, feel, taste. I said feel, so that's touch. Which one to leave out? That smell. Thank you. Paul, Paul covered me in class as well today. Okay, thank you. And I forgot different ones at different times. Okay, that's great. Great start, John. But our senses are the source of knowledge. Since God and spiritual things cannot be experienced by the five senses, we are entirely dependent upon the Bible for any knowledge of or contact with God. You might also have heard this, this preached or taught as word only. Like the only way we, we, we learn from God or we are uh, influenced from God is through the word of God, through scripture, and through things we can, again, experience with the senses. And that is what Fanning taught. And Richardson, uh, again, came, uh, came back at it. So in short, the Bible and human senses provide the only pathway to the human soul. And this system has been termed dirt philosophy because it depended on material things. Did you hear that? Nothing in the way Fanning or Locke taught had anything to do with spiritual things, which was Richardson's concern. We've built all these things. We said we believe the, the right things in the right way, but we've left out the Holy Spirit. And so what do we do with that? Richardson's biggest, uh, I think, uh, jab at, at Fanning, and by the way, Campbell, again, great friends with both men, Richardson actually ended up writing Campbell's biography, which is the standard for, uh, for, for Campbell and knowing his family. Uh, but they actually broke apart at this time. Their friendship broke apart because of this discussion. What to do with the Holy Spirit? But Richardson got both men because both Fanning and Campbell were devout men of prayer. And Richardson looked at them and he said, if you're going to tell me that everything is either reading the Bible and becoming smarter or experiencing God in ways that you can experience with all five senses, then why in the world are you praying? Do you pray? Do you pray and believe God has the power to heal or to do that you, what you have asked? That's the biggest question that Richardson had for Campbell and Fanning is why pray if you don't believe God can interact with the world anymore? And I'm sure that stung a little bit because they had to think about it. But uh, as you know, with debates often, well, I don't even know if often is the right word, almost 100% of the time you go into a debate and you go out of the debate and how many people have changed their mind? <laughs> have you ever witnessed a political debate where People came out scratching their head. They made some great points. I believe I'll flip sides. <laughs> we go into a debate with our minds already made up, right? Because changing our minds, it hurts, right? It impacts me. And then I've got to, how do I save face with, with you out here? Because now I, I've, I've said all this, and now I've changed my mind, and that, that's painful. I don't want to do it. And so the, the back and forth. Uh, it just kept going. And which side do you think Southern Churches of Christ followed in this? Fanning or Richardson? Fanning. 
And so whether or not you know this, we have been influenced by Locke and people like Fanning who debated and won these debates. Actually, Richardson lost. He, he taught at the college, uh, the Bethany College. Uh, he also wrote for the Millennial Harbinger. He lost both of those jobs because of this debate. Because he was the outlier. You see, we had already kind of accepted. We've been going through this enlightenment. Now we can explain everything, and now we're smarter and kind of pushing God out. And, and so Richardson, was, was the, he was the, the liberal of the two. You know, he was the weird one. He was a different one. Everybody else is conservative and everybody believes the same thing, but he got pushed out because of his views of thinking we ought to talk more about the Spirit of God and what the Spirit of God does in our lives. There are a few uh, uh, things I want to talk about as we go through this series, but one of the most recognizable uh, verses for us at Churches of Christ is this, is it not? Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And then he said nothing else after that, right? No, he did not. He said, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, what Fanning would, would go on to say and, and believe is that everything like this that was said at this time period was said only for the disciples of Jesus. I don't believe that one second. And I'm, that's not to bash Fanning. I don't, I don't agree with Richardson on some things he said. But I just don't believe that for one second, that when, uh, when Peter said this to the crowd, that there was ever any kind of time limit, or you'll have this spirit for a short time and then I'm gone. I just don't think that is the case. But when we talk about the Spirit of God, we really have to go back even further than this promise in Acts 2 as the church began. We go back to Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God shows up in the second verse of our Scripture. And what I love is one commentator said, when you, when you go into the, the word there uh, that means spirit, that we get spirit, is either ruach in Hebrew or pneuma in Greek. And what he says is you know, that word can actually mean wind or breath or spirit. He said, but wind does not hover, does it? You don't go out on the lake later today, and man, that wind was just hovering all around me, wasn't it? I think if you're doing that, you may be stuck in a tornado of some sort. Get out. But what we see is in the second, in the second verse of our scriptures, the Spirit of God is right there in the creation story because that is who God is. God is creator. And so his Spirit helps bring to life all that is brought to life. We get several more verses along those same lines. In Genesis 2, 7, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Again, that's the same word there. The Spirit of God, this breath, wind, breath, spirit. That, that God created something that he said was good, didn't he? But it still took his spirit to bring that thing to life, to animate it, to make us walk around and to live life. 
Because God is creator and sustainer, is he not? From Psalm 104, all creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. When you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. Do you think about this when you see life come unto earth? That, that life comes from whether you're out in nature and you see this in, uh, with our wildlife or maybe just a baby being born. That the spirit of God is the spirit of creator God. And so that spirit brings everything to life. Do you think about that when you think of the Holy Spirit? Or does our mind go to other things? And here, God animates us and brings us to life that even the animals are brought to life and sustained because of your spirit. In Job 34, if it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all humanity would perish together and mankind would return to the dust. Because God not only creates us with his spirit, but he sustains us with the same spirit. In 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is, what's that word? God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Because we're not throwing out when we say word only, we're not saying scripture has no power, are we? The scripture has a lot of power because it is the breath of God. It is the very words of God. What's sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Active, alive. And so we see, again, this, this creation being brought up in us through the Spirit of God. What Tolbert Fanning, in his argument, brought up was more of a, a deism. You know that word? Deism. Deism is the idea that God created all that he created, and it's like winding. You remember those old clocks that you had to wind up, and they ran for so long? Drive you nuts now, nowadays. Used to, you didn't think about it, right? Uh, I got one for my, uh, I think it's for my grandmother after she passed, and I thought, man, I want that. And then I realized you had to wind it up every you know, day or two days. Or I don't really want that, Okay. <laughs> But deism is the idea that, that God just wound us up and let us go. That he set the world, uh, he, he created it, he said it was good, and then he said, okay, that's it. Now, we have been through 19 weeks of the story, so almost the entire Old Testament. I want to ask you, church, has that been what you've experienced in Scripture, that God wound this up and he stepped back and said, have at it? Not at all. It never was in Scripture. And so the idea that, that, that God, well, maybe God did this in the Old Testament, but once the church was here, God said, hands off. That is not the case either. There is no room for deism, in my opinion. God is still involved. I think as we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about God, I think oftentimes what we do is we take for granted uh, the gifts or the blessings uh, of creation being sustained and brought to life right before our eyes. That often what we're looking for is the, the big, the grand, the awesome. That if I walk out of here today, Lord, speaking in another language that, that, uh, that somebody else can, can translate for me, yeah, that's good. But I walk outside and I see all the things that God is doing and sustaining, 
You know he's even sending bees to pollinate my cucumbers. Y'all know that? <laughs> I've had to hand pollinate some things. I'm thankful for the bees. Are you not, Paul? But often we're looking for the grand and we overlook what God is doing right here before us. That when you walk out of this building, you experience the creation and the sustaining of God and his Holy Spirit. And we miss it because we're looking for the grand. We're looking for the awesome in our eyes. And we've downplayed all of that. Now, if we got into a debate with someone today who said God had nothing to do with the creation of the world, we would argue till our face was red, wouldn't we? But how many times do we walk out of the door and think, thank you, God, for this creation? Or are we more thinking about, God, why don't you do something spectacular in my life? Experiencing the works of the Spirit is not confined to speaking in tongues or prophesying. Nature and creation is a constant work of the Spirit in our lives. And praise God for that. I want to remind you that no one in Scripture who even experienced all of the, the great and the grand, maybe some of the things that we think about when we think about the Holy Spirit, none of those people experienced that 24-7. Paul, in, in one point of his life, is able to do things that you cannot explain. And then another part of his life is having to ask for the coat to be sent to him because he's cold. No one ever being healed by Jesus uh, ever just lived forever, did they? Eventually, their life ran out. So if we are seeking the great and the grand in our eyes, the healing all the time, the prophesying, the speaking in tongues, or whatever it is that that you're looking at, we're going to miss what God is doing right before us. I think that can be uh, the point here in our church right now. We can be looking forward. We can be looking for uh, the end goal, and which may be, in your opinion, getting into a building of our own, and we can miss all of the things that are going on right here and right now. Someone brought up and... Um, I just, I just believe so much in this that I have to tell you, someone said we ought to be asking what God wants us to do right now while we're waiting. That we're so forward focused that maybe we're missing all of the good things God wants us to learn. I really believe there's going to be a day in the, in the future that we look back and we miss these days. You remember when we were flexible and we met all over Mont Bellevue? Like, we weren't really sure. We had to check the calendar to make sure we were supposed to go where we were supposed to go that Sunday. That we visited around and saw different places, had different spaces. And I remember when we were small, you know, only about 100 of us. And we came together in, in that small room. Let's not miss the blessing that God has before us right now. Fanning... <laughs> no doubt had uh, a good heart, though he was, he was one of those debaters. He, I think he was like 6'5", 240. Like he was a big dude. And he was often harsh. Uh, Campbell even had to come down on him because he was, uh, you know how debates get. Uh, I'm going to, you know, if you don't see eye to eye with me, not only am I going to attack you, I'm going to attack your mama too, you know. <laughs> Uh, Fanning was kind of that guy. He was a little harsh, a little rough around the edges. And I have no doubt he, he meant well as far as what, you know, trying to influence the church to, to do what the Bible says. I just think he missed on some of it. 
And I think often our church can miss uh, the same thing. We rely too much on ourselves and what we believe we can do. I'll be honest with you, I was shocked when I showed up at the work day yesterday and so much had been done. You guys need to walk through that house right now and just take a big breath of air, don't they? Those of you who were there. <laughs> Kenny? <laughs> There's one room. We're, we're not sure what's stuck to the floor. Um, if you'd like to go check. But the time we get together, the time we're able to work together, the time that we're able to spend with one another, whether it's in Bible class or small groups in your house, the times that are special, the way that God wants to create right now. I believe in the Word of God. I believe it is powerful. That it does make us smarter, but I don't think that's it. I think it empowers us. The Holy Spirit empowers us in ways that we haven't even thought to, to ask. I've confessed to you guys before that I, I feel like I'm a fixer. First thing, something comes up, I don't think to pray. I think about how can John fix it. And I want to get better at that. That's a, that's a constant work within me. I need to be reminded that the Spirit of God, Acts 2.38, yeah, we want to be baptized, we want to repent. But by doing that, we are gifted with the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus was gifted with the Holy Spirit. Remember that at Jesus' baptism? Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Jesus is our example in all these things. And that's not the end of it. So I pray we're a church that, that, that sees the creation of God as, as a, a very awesome work of God. I, I'll admit I don't do that most of the time until I'm gardening or I'm sitting in a deer stand. The times where I actually take to kind of slow down and look around and see what all God is doing. I, you know, I, was, I made a joke about the bees doing the cucumbers, but to me that this year has just been an awesome realization of what I overlook. That, God, you put all of this into action, trying to create this perfect place for, for us to live. And that, as you just said, we've been through 19 weeks of the story. And God did not set this up and leave. God, every step of the way, has said, how can I make this relationship better? These people want to run away from me, but I want to be there with them. So I pray that we are a church that follows the Holy Spirit. And I know that can be a scary thing sometimes. That's really what Fanning attack, attacked Richardson with, is that you're just out here with the, the mystical and you're just chasing uh, these spiritual things that we can't grasp. And we can go too far in that way. We can pendulum swing in that way. But as we go through life, as you walk out these doors this morning, I pray that you see life in a new light. That God loves us so much that he created this world for us. We get to enjoy it. Flares and all, right? Again, let's not chase the above and beyond, the crazy, miraculous. And I, I think those things happen. And you're about to hear a story of one in just a minute as we read uh, the prayer request but that we notice what God is doing in each and every one of our lives and that we see other people as spirit-filled people. So I want to encourage you, if you have uh, any needs this morning that you have walked away from God or that relationship is strained, I'd love to pray with you. But as I've told you many times, you don't have to pray with me. It's nothing special about me. If someone is sitting beside you that will hold you accountable, pray with them. But don't leave here without making that relationship right. If you'd like to 
put on, uh, put on Christ in baptism just like Kayla did this past week. We'd love to see it and start that walk with you today. Would you come as we stand and as we sing?